Yeah. Hidden sound episode. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. What it do and what it is. This is the Sensei Said So Show. I am your Sensei Vio Sensei, 24th Dread Kage of the Music Clan, 10th Tribe of Wakanda. And we have a special episode for you guys today. It's episode 25. And for the 25th episode, we just want to give you more. When I talk about more, I want, I'm talking more opinions, more voices, more music. So we're, we're changing the format a little bit. I know you guys are creatures of habit. I know you guys like things to be uniform and exactly the same, but switching it up and being unpredictable is good sometimes. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into multiple episodes with people that you don't get to hear from often. We're calling this the Hidden Sound Ninjas episode because we got the people who bring to you all of the things that you hear. When you hear your favorite artist, when you hear your favorite podcast, you're hearing what they're saying, but you're not most of the time as fans, we don't factor in what's going on behind the scenes levels and is everything going and is everything operating? Okay. And the people who do that, most of the time they don't get any recognition. They don't get the opportunity to get on the mic, get behind the camera and say, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And let me express myself to you. But on the Sensei Said So show, we understand who you need to talk to and who you need to hear from, and that's what we want to bring you. So sit back, relax, get whatever you need, pour your double cups up two more times for episode 25, and most importantly, thank you. Thank you for your support. Keep tuning in. I know you're tuned into SenseiSaidSo.com, so what I want you to do is as you're listening to this, is share this with one or two people that you know. Let's keep this movement going. It is episode 25, Hidden Sound Ninjas of the Sensei Said So Show. Let's go. They can never stop me, they can never stop me. I said they can never stop me, they can never stop me. All this ice around my wrist feel like I'm playing hockey. Them niggas got me for my bag and took the whole side.
Yeah, that's a hot one. Y'all already know. Make sure y'all check out that album season 2018 coming soon. Sensei said so.com. Again, sensei said so.com. In the descriptions on the website, that's where you can find everything. So now let's get into it. Y'all already know what it is. We had to bless y'all with a little bit of music. So now we're going to talk about a little bit of music here on the rap, 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 rap sheet. <laughs> you know how we do so. I'm going to do something special this rap sheet, though, you know, because it's, it's, it's a little bit new vibe. It's, you know, springtime, daylight savings, whatever. If you, it's, it's all just a whole new vibe. So I'm going to do something just a little special for y'all on the rap sheet. And I'm going to bring out another avid music fan, you know, somebody that's that's years in the game, years in the industry, somebody that is very knowledgeable, somebody that... And has a lot to say, just like I got a lot to say. And we gon' we gon' you know rap a little bit, and we gonna get into it. I'm gonna give him a couple of you know se- segments that we have here on the rap sheet. We gonna test his knowledge. We gonna see, but it's gonna be a fun one. You you already know. So if y'all don't mind, y'all welcome Brandon to the show. That's me. <laughs> I think that's me. That's me, right? That's a good thing. It is a good thing. It's that's a great a thing. thing. It's a great thing. How you doing today, though? How you doing, hey, mom? Mom, I told you I'd make it to the radio. No, I'm just fine. <laughs> but now, yeah. tell them, tell them a little bit about yourself. You've been on the show before. If they don't know you by now, they should know you. At least heard of you something. I don't know. Probably only people who listen to the show a lot would know about the the one time I swooped Vio's mic away from him and and had to talk to you about child labor and shit. It was intense. <laughs> it was intense. We were talking about a little baby with a shirt. And like a bunch of people being all upset, <laughs> but that if you want to listen to that, I think that's like episode twenty two or something. Yeah, episode, actually, it's twenty one. It's Hose and Marks. Hose, ooh, yeah, yeah, it's a good episode. episode yeah, H and I, I have not been into H and M since. Yeah, I, I mean, really haven't. I got asked the other day, "Hey, you re- you ready to go to H and M yet?" I said, "Hell no." I said, "And why the fuck would I be ready to go to H and M for to to get what?" But anyways, we're not even going. That's a whole different episode. I don't even know what they sell there. To H- <laughs> bananas, probably now. I can't afford to, to shop these places. <laughs> Apples and bananas are something crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going back to that. You can check out episode 21. You guys, it's on the website. You can go there. It's there. But no, but <laughs> but Brandon, do you have a stage name? What Dude, do you, what do you I oh mean? Oh my God. You're really going to go that way. I just want to come right I mean, we can Brandon. I mean, I love Brandon. Yeah. It's a great name, but I want to be like Brandon, AKA, yeah. So, like, everyone <laughs> likes to do that AKA shit, you know, but like, something, there's just a part of me that just like felt that, like, if it was good enough for my mama, it was good enough for me, <laughs> you know, and like, who, who am I? I mean, but, you know, I don't see it as a government given name. I was like, my mom named me, you know, and. But like you held on that you. doesn't mean that I haven't gone by stage names. It just means that you know I identify as Brandon. You know, so uh, uh, we were we yeah, were talking with you guys and you know majority of people who would know me. Yeah, that would be my name for sure. <laughs> but I've I've definitely had some alter egos over the years. And you and you're not gonna give us any of them. I mean, I would. You just gotta be specific, I guess. I mean, but you, what about your battle rap name? Since we was speaking oh. about battle rap, oh, that was earlier funny, huh? yeah. that, that issue that that she had, he don't want no smoke, but he was talking smoke earlier. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I definitely would. I would hands down probably kill ninety percent of the people in the city out of freestyle, and, and I know everyone's laughing because they don't know shit about what I'm saying here. Go ahead, tell them. Freestyle is about one thing: is about being entertaining, clever, witty, and not recycling other people's shit or using any of your written material. 
and you know and and being able to pop off at the top of the head some people just have that in their in their written game too i mean there's a lot of examples of it within your guys' social circles too i mean zach ivy does a lot of he just pops off the top of him and it sounds witty and clever and he's able to be like oh i'm gonna cycle that back and write that out you know and i mean but you know the cypher stuff that that uh, Keith McDonald puts together up at Up Rock. I mean that's a great opportunity for everyone to get together and it is and to just throw down and freestyle like that. And and a lot of attention's been brought to that lately um, through some like weird beef and social media that people have. And I just can't help but notice like <laughs> how intertwined all the genres of people here in the city are, and yet everyone just talks shit. It's like the weirdest. Like I have never seen Salt Lake so weird. It's, I mean, it's no, it, really. It's like it's, everybody's like just calling everybody out and doing their it's own just, thing. I feel like it's and the like social media. Everyone's era, really though. sensitive. It's, it's how it, everybody got a Twitter. Everybody happened? got an Instagram. So they all, they all, you know, they all want a keyboard. They all want a keyboard bang. It is what it is. I all mean. right, I won't, I won't sidetrack you and steer you away from what you asked me. <laughs> My stage name at one point was Zazu. Zazu. I was a part of a clique called Zazu and the Golden Boy. <laughs> And that shit was hilarious. We were a, it sounds we were hot. A, we were a parody band, but like we had like a two and a half hour set, and like people would book us, and it was just a joke. We only did it. We did like really shitty covers and some like really horrible songs that we wrote, and we were only doing it to like uh, prove a point to all these people we were working with that said there's no way that you can get paid out in the city. There's no way you can get paid in the city. Man, we started booking at two fifty a show doing this shit. Showing up with a shitty PA system and just getting, getting wasted getting and paid off these haters and just just yeah we yeah. we thought it was a good time and then we get dinner too and then they book us again <laughs> you know and it was pretty funny seeing your name on billboards and shit after a while and getting paid pretty good money to do that but you know after a certain period of time you realize you know well this is a joke to me I'm not taking it serious and this is not what I intend on doing with my life so okay yeah obviously it was so just what, a joke but, so so past the stage names. What genre would you say that you are predominant in, or that you are that 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 you well, that you are heavily influenced? I'm, in, I'm classically in. trained in a lot of different instruments growing up, but I mean I love like symphonic compositions. So naturally, I mean basically anything that is moving. I don't know. You got to really like. There's just so many people who put out music. It's really hard to like to find things that move you anymore. I mean, anything with like real, I mean, and I hear so many people bring this up and I hate even being the guy to do it, but I remember a time when, you know, the reason why it's called a movement is because it moves you. Everyone's moved by the, the ideals and the thoughts and the conception that goes into the ideas surrounding the movement. And it's like a culture thing. We just don't really have much of a, I mean, there's a movement happening. It's just not my wave, I guess you could say. You're not right you're now. not on the wave that they moving on. But it doesn't mean that I'm not a part of that big ass ocean as a shark. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I play a whole different field of There's stuff. There's still in some food to be got. I mean, they're just a wave, but like I belong to a giant ocean of waves. And there's a bunch of different waves to to catch out there and and, and you've seen many fish come and I go. think predominantly I think my most of my experience in in this city would be with folk music and indie artists for sure. Like uh, I could go down a massive list, and I'm probably not going to spend my time doing that. But uh, definitely work with most, uh, most if not all, of the artists that basically do anything here locally in the Indian folk scene at some point or another. Yes. Okay. And are they? Is there any beef in the indie folk scene? Well, <laughs> see, it's a little different. It's not so much like how people are with hip hop. See, in Salt Lake, it just it comes in waves. Like I was saying, I'm bringing it back to the ocean of things because 
It's a movement here. We're talking about a movement, cultural movement, subculture. The movement. You know, the hip-hop culture ties in a lot with the, with the, the folk and indie culture here because a lot of the times it's the same people. Uh, they kind of shake it up to do different things. I mean, you got bands like Scenic Byway or like uh, Funkin' Gonzo or whatever. I mean, they, they tie in like the ska, the hip-hop, the punk rock. The, it's like all genre, multi-genre. That's how they're, get, they're able to get their draws to their shows. You know, they have like, you know, their successful event is Marley Mouse. They, they do that every year and it's a pretty successful show. That's, they, a, that's a, um, it's an event that, event that they do. Yeah. That, that turns out pretty well. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people. I mean, if you have anyone listening, you've probably been to it, but I don't know. I just, there's just so many people in hip hop that it's such an ego driven thing because they think it's supposed to be a specific way, but really that's just mimicking shit. That's, that's called copying. Like, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> moving forward on the rap sheet, I had a few more, a few more segments that we're gonna yeah that that we're gonna that, that I just want you to touch on that I just want your opinion on that we gonna leave, you sheet, know, now that you guys know Brandon's extensive <laughs> history right qualifications his his prereqs yeah. <laughs> as we would for his for his music so this one is called hip hop versus I call this hip hop versus. Me, I believe strongly that hip hop is the best genre ever. Eh, that in reggae, I can't. I'm a huge reggae fan, so it's debatable that with reggae too. But hip hop is newer, so I, but whatever. Newer. I mean, it's not a word. Anyways, hip hop is new, so it's hard to you know compare it to older and other genres. But I said so I believe I believe it is the best and the greatest genre and form of of music do you do do you believe that is it am i is it hip-hop versus anything else or for you is it hip-hop versus hip-hop i don't know i mean have you seen the movie the warriors with the the clank the Warriors, right that movie (laughs) so i guess all i can say is about hip-hop is you know i can dig it (laughs) (laughs) i can't i can dig that shit hip-hop is awesome no i mean i don't really put things into competition with each other when you're talking about genre stuff because most people like a variety like being honest with you like a lot of people like a specific thing but they still like the variety of that specific thing and that's where intergenral connections really make sense that's why you have so many cross-platform uh songs in the mainstream especially with pop and hip-hop and, and rap and they kind of intertwine because you know there was there was a fine there used to be a fine line between r&b and hip-hop and rap yeah. and now it kind of blends yeah, light together niggas ruined that <laughs> <laughs> and i remember yeah, august alcina all them niggas all ruined oh, that oh man it, just music Chris just Brown, music's just oh, different yeah. you know and, <laughs> It's not that it's any better or worse. It's just different. You know, things but, have evolved. I mean, and, and, and think about hip hop. So, I mean, hip hop music did it, it did die. I'm not gonna lie. It did it did die. It was bad for a rough minute, and we all abandoned ship. To be honest, I even I mean I I didn't really abandon ship. Where do you think it fell off? What year? Don't even n- mention who and why. Just what? What year? do you mean the year? In, what I'm year a do you year think hip hop fell off? Like oh eight. Really. Probably like oh, that. probably like oh seven to to oh nine, you know, when Nas was talking about hip hop is dead, when every, you know, when when our leading when the leading leaders in the in the game was Soldier Boy and fucking <laughs> <laughs> and fucking what's that? What, what, it's right, D four L and no, fucking <laughs> fucking all them, uh, the the you know Whatever. the rejects and, is, the, and the new boys. <laughs> we and gonna the continue cruise, more you know? with Brandon here I mean, in a sec. We just gonna give y'all a little commercial break, a little song break. Y'all know what it is. Make sure y'all hit senseisaidso.com and tell everybody about it. And we'll see you right after the break. Yeet. Yeah. 
this is like a commercial break. You mean you mean you're not, you're done you're not, you're done talking to me? Make sure y'all catch that sensei said so.com music tab, music video tab. Make sure y'all check everything out. Previous episodes, shows, 
All the content. Yeah. It's all on your website? It's all on the website. It is a nice website. Yeah. Make sure it's y'all check nice. it out. Mm-hmm. A very talented Could be man better, though. helped us with that website. Could be way better. A little bit of funding. <laughs> but <laughs> but back to the rap sheet. <laughs> As we were talking about, we had just got through uh, Hip Hop Versus, and you were, with, you were for hip hop, Brennan. I'm for, for hip hop. Hip hop sure. is hip hop. Is the greatest genre. I, I say I can dig it. I can dig it, and I can dig yeah, it. You dig. dig it. You dig, you dig. I can dig it. Okay, well, moving on. Now we're going to get into something I like to call trust or bust. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it almost this, sounds like one of those things when you take a chick out, and you're like, I ain't going to bust you, baby. I ain't going to bust you. And she's like, I trust you. I trust you. You're like, oh, trust or bust. Trust or bust. I won't bust you. You know, it's funny. That's, is and that that's what we're a playing? risk never should have <laughs> never been taken. That, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But this is... <laughs> This is same. It, 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 it's it's genre based too as well, but it's also artist based. <laughs> it's essentially who or what genre do you think is gonna last forever that you can trust and hold on to for many generations? And what do you think is gonna is not even gonna last till tomorrow? Or who? 60s, 70s classic rock is going to live for fucking ever. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's not leaving ever anytime soon. It is going to be here for okay. fucking ever. In fact, when aliens discover that we have humanity in our hearts, they're going to be listening to Step Out on the Highway. Who? They sure as hell. They ain't going to be listening <laughs> who's to that? No, who, who, who's know, hot? Step, who, who's hot? That 60s and 70s. I mean, you got, I mean, I don't even want to name drop any of those overplayed <laughs> fucking Rudy Boogers ever, ever <laughs> in my life. I mean, uh, when you when you when you have to listen to it when it's like you know the the best of the sixties and seventies and then it turns into classic hits from the sixties and seventies to golden hits of the sixties and seventies. I've listened to this, but it's the same music over and over. And that's the problem with having a classic hip hop station is because there wasn't very much mainstream hip hop. There's a ton of hip hop, but there's not a bunch of mainstream hip hop, which makes it really back. hard yeah, exactly. to have a, a, a you know like that variety on a classic station for like hip hop and stuff. So That's I would definitely gonna final answer fucking classic rock sixties and seventies baby. <laughs> that definitely. is that's interesting. It's not man. going nowhere. That's actually dope. So then, what do you what do you think is about, is really just gonna bust? Not even gonna make it till tomorrow. Lil Pump, Lil Pump, Lil Zan. <laughs> oh, Lil Lil, 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 Zan. Lil Zan is banned, so we don't know who he, what he represents. If you were named uh, Lil anything past Lil Wayne, you're basically fucking excommunicated <laughs> in my heart, as far as I'm concerned, because. <laughs> It was a little overplayed by that point. I mean, Junior Mafia was cool. I mean, those cats were cool. I mean, back in the day, Criss Cross and all those cats. That was that shit was great. Yeah, the young, yeah, that shit was great. I mean, they, those those. But guys you think were our young rippers. music era is crazy? You Talk think our young it. music era is? is no, I mean, compare with? the youth talent of the '90s, early '90s that were in the hip hop scene to the youth talent that we have today. It's no questions asked. No, no holds barred. Not even. But we're not. I don't even, we're not I mean, in the golden era of hip hop. We can't no. give them that. We can't give these lean sipping. Coke children that much credit. Credit. I'm not I saying I'm not saying Lil, I'm not saying Lil Pump's mama was on Coke, but don't I'm you guys saying. got a place for these people? Mongolia. Mongolia. That's right. That's right. We're sending these motherfuckers to Mongolia. But they got lawyers. Kodak Black beating a home charge. Like they got lawyers. We can't send them all to Mongolia. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. But I they got you, representation. Well, well, whatever happened to this whole like you know, you know like, well, which is this way? If you got the money to get away with it, you get away with it. The Clintons taught us that. <laughs> Okay, so if you got yeah. money, you win. That then that's true. You win. That's, like, <laughs> that's all there is to it. Who he who prints the money wins. You know, and <laughs> I that's interesting though about the the younger because that's like a new age trap music that hasn't been around for long. 
and you don't think it's going to last around for long. And the only reason why I don't think it'd be around for long is because they're they're riding on the back of the EDM scene, and the EDM scene flows and changes and tends to to roll back towards house always and stays away from lyrical engagement. So the things that go in towards that scene usually tend to fade off because they have new seasons of music and new stuff because they have so many DJs and producers involved that the scene flows regularly. So, I mean, if anything, it's just a glitch on the radar, man. It's, it's nothing in my mind. <laughs> like seriously, I don't even bat an but eye all at it. Or revenue, try to keep but up all with of the revenue of it. it's bringing in is crazy. Because well, hip hop is at its peak. Hip hop right now is worth social, more than it's ever been worth since. Change its inception. your thinking. Social media is at its peak. Okay, and what they have learned is if you can find somebody who can pull a million followers on their own. We're going to sign this person over anybody. We don't even give a fuck if this dude's wearing fucking pantyhose over his fucking face and calling himself Debo. It don't <laughs> matter. They're going to sign that dude, and they're going to give him 10 million followers, and then people are going to wear his stupid T-shirts and listen to his stupid concerts. Why? Because they're just force-feeding you this shit. Because he's already got a million followers. He's already monetized. He's already been branded. He's already been but commercialized. Where do you, but where YouTube do you see that and, falling off? Where, where does that stop? Why is well, that Well, what happens is, just shit? like with any other artist, so once you get signed to a deal with a, a label, once you've lost your viral fame, you're nothing. Welcome to the modern age of the digital era. When there's the next best thing that's happening tomorrow, and, and we, we always end up... I mean, who the fuck is Little Zan? I found out about him last week, and I'm sure I'm not even going to know who he is tomorrow after I get drunk or something. Like, You're right, though, but it's still... It, it, if I don't, he, I mean, I've never even heard a song from him, and I know his name. That's, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, Zazu and the yeah, Golden Boy. Exactly. You guys know Zazu and the Golden Boy? Never heard a song from him. I'm already doing better, because I might be good, but that dude flat out fucking sucks, and I, I don't even have to listen to that shit to know it. I don't even have to listen to it. You don't. God really damn. Don't. I didn't mean to go off like that, but... There you go. No, it's yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you went off because we need to hear that on the Since They Said So show. That's exactly what fucking we're tuned into the rap sheet. This the is this exact, and he's crazy as hell. Yeah, yeah. If y'all listen to the last episode, um, <laughs> if you haven't, go back since they said so. dot com to the episodes. What was episode twenty four? <laughs> but. Lil Xan talked about Tupac being boring and being talking about some just some dumb crackhead shit. I don't know. You're right though. He's on some, but I think that that generation, no, not the generation, but that I feel like music, an ass for us even giving him a fucking plug on this show, you know. But I think it's necessary that we talk about it. it I mean, we yeah, we <laughs> we don't we we. we we're not the only ones that plugged in. I know. Everybody God. and their mama was yeah, talking. See, this about is it. the problem. All you know? attentions, good attention. Exactly, but motherfucker. That being said, I feel like the hip hop scene right now; these youngins are gonna—they're making too much money to to go anywhere. No, they're not. At, you don't think so? Fuck no. I, you don't think? I think that Little Zan is not Little Justin Zan Bieber. Doesn't represent- Check it out. Let me give you the differences. Oh. Ten years ago, these motherfuckers could stick around. Why? Because ten years ago, people were finding talented people. Because it was a hard thing to amass that many followers because not so many people use those platforms. These platforms grew in the past 10 years. So the amount of people that it's being exposed to have changed, right? And, and the thing is, is, like you got Justin Bieber found on YouTube or whatever. I'm using him as an example because he's been around since he was young and kind of stupid, still is. But he's balling and he isn't going anywhere. He's an icon. Mm-hmm. And it's because he is the example that all these guys have and, and, and their ability to rise up in the links. They, they go through their... You know, their fucking YouTube shit and their silly ass videos, watching themselves play video games on Call of Duty and shit. And then they end up being rappers and tattooing their faces with teardrops and <laughs> and, and and drinking codeine and stuff. And there ain't nothing wrong with, like, having a good time and shit. I don't think so. But, like, I'm a little embarrassed for 
the new generation. I'm like, this is what you guys are bringing it's, to the it, table. It, it, no, it is interesting because because when I even when I was when I was growing up and I was in, I'm a '90s baby. We did, you know, it wasn't. First off, we didn't have we didn't have coke. It wasn't that strong. The, the streets weren't infested with coke. I was, you know, not everybody was just. It wasn't the '80s. But then it's not. But it wasn't lean either. Like it, I don't understand why cough syrup caught on. <laughs> I don't understand. Growing up, cough syrup was nasty as shit. Nobody ever wanted to drink cold well, cough syrup. You, you used to be Cherry to, was gross as hell. You used to be able to buy codeine uh, like over the counter. Over the you, counter. You nobody wanted it. For it. And so, well, it's it, because <laughs> everyone wanted it and were abusing it that it got fame and notoriety and then they banned it. And when they banned it, that's when it really got and because they, And because they banned Xanax, that's a, like they want that too because Xanax is, is a rape drug. That's not even, shouldn't even be illegal. Shouldn't even be legal. You said it shouldn't even be legal. I mean, <laughs> legal. I mean, legal. <laughs> Can I get a retraction? A retraction? Half. I might, uh, yeah, might the, take a half. My editor? Know? My editor? Do you love me, my editor? Okay. It is what it is, but that's <laughs> that's essentially how I see it. They're crazy as hell, this new generation, but we're going to... We're gonna move on for trust or bust. Thank God, we're gonna. <laughs> like, it was exactly what I thought it was. It's like trying to like trust a dude whether or not he's gonna bust and you or pull out. Yeah, trust or bust. So you're trusting the '60s and '70s rock to always to always stroke you that. at night and keep you lovely, and you're gonna and you're not gonna trust none of these little zanny popping cross dressers because they gonna bust on you. All right, there you go. <laughs> and that on was that a note... great statement, my friend. Oh my God, I'm giving you a round of fucking applause for that one. And on that note, we go take another musical break and wrap it up on the rap sheet. <laughs> Thanks for having me, dude. Good. song wait for the sensei verse verse two coming soon you heard brandon you heard shadow i don't think y'all know who brandon is we got to get brandon to speak more because 
Like we mentioned, the clan is indeed a clan. There's multiple people in this clan. You hear from Shadow. You sometimes hear from me every once in a while. But there's more people. And Brandon is somebody that if you don't know, you should know. Because he one of the people making this whole clan formula work. So shout-outs to them. Shout-outs to Run Shit. Wait for the full version coming soon. Because that's a banger. We've only performed that once, but that song goes in. So thank you for your support. Everybody who did catch the live shows, tell people who missed the live shows that Run Shit is the reason why you should come to live shows. But... Right now, we're here for the pod show. And like I mentioned, so we, we had Brandon Shadow, and I have the opportunity to sit down with two more Hidden Sound Ninjas. So first, I want to start with a return guest, a member of the clan, Olympian, Mr. South Korea himself, Mark Skies. How you doing, bruh? I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, feeling super grateful to have... Uh gone uh, and flown around the world in this last month uh, over to South Korea and then uh, over for one more ski race in Europe and then coming here to Salt Lake. Hey, so yeah. being around the world um, representing America, do you feel a little bit more patriotic about everything going on or? Um, I <laughs> being around North Korea, did you meet Kim Jong whatever he is? Ung? One of my... Uh, uh, friends over there got a picture with Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump in the same what? photo. They both put their arms around him, and now so they're talking. Super, so he a supervillain. <laughs> Basically, you're saying he's Doctor Doom. I think maybe he maybe he had a little time to talk to Un, and he's like, "Hmm, we're not so different, you and I." <laughs> so you like Dennis Rodman? I like Dennis Rodman. <laughs> So we got Mark, so we're going to be chopping it up with Mark, getting his experiences from around the world. But we also have a new guest. And I don't even want to say new guest because he's more like an overdue guest. There's really only three things in the world that are more overdue than this guest. (laughs) Yo, library books. (laughs) The second coming of Tupac. (laughs) And Trump getting impeached. Those are the only three things that are more Word. overdue than our guest for today, Key One Illin. He is finally in yo, the motherfucking yo, yo. building. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Shout out to Brandon. Shout out to Mark. Shout out to V. Shout out to Shadow. Thank y'all for having me. Glad to be here finally. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, it's... We definitely got to chop it up with you. Let's start with Mark, because Mark's back from representing America. Hey, how was the Olympics? I actually watched some of the Winter Olympics. Trippy. What did you you see? So we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Um, We talked about one of the events that I saw. First off, everything is a variation of sliding on shit. (laughs) <laughs> that's the first realization i came from the winter Olympics is this is just the most oh, creative exposition on how to slide on shit you slide on shit we'll slide on shit we'll get something to slide on shit while we take rooms sliding on shit we'll dance while sliding it's just sliding but i saw an event that i had never seen before it involved some sort of cross-country skiing mixed with rifle shooting or some sort of mercenary oh yeah do you have what that's actually called that is called biathlon (laughs) biathlon i thought it was like winter assassin guild (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that that makes sense. So the history of skiing is, uh, I think they found the first pair of skis that's something like ten thousand years old in Russia, and it used to be like that. They travel around on these skis uh, from place I knew to place. It was Russian. So yeah, traveling and hunting. That's that that sport goes back. See, that's exactly what I thought it was. It needs a better name because I feel like if it had a better name, like (laughs) Polar Bear Execution (laughs) Skiing, (laughs) might be more exciting, huh? I'm trying to figure out why. Did you like watching that event? Did you did you find it entertaining? Or oh, it was the most outrageous thing I've ever seen in my life. I was so fascinated by it for two reasons. One, I was wondering how anybody gets into polar bear assassination skiing. Mm -hmm. And then two, I was sitting there wondering why Mark wasn't a polar bear. Oh man, <laughs> I uh, little known fact, but I have the worst cardio test on the U.S. Alpine team. I'm a, I can bust it out for like a minute, but beyond that, I'm not great. <laughs> and those guys are going for like two hours sometimes. Is it two hours? Mm, that's the longest event. The longest event for cross-country skiing in the Olympics was 50 kilometers, and they're out there just... So um, let the listeners know if they missed the episode that you were on, because that was season one, and if you need to do your research, oh, yeah. do your Googles, go back. We yeah, got to you... call it... It's not on Google. We got to do do your senseis, and go <laughs> back on the senseis show and find the episode where Mark was talking about what he did, but if you are lazy like I inherently am, let people know what you participated in, what event you were doing, and tell us a little bit about how it went. All right, yeah. So that was back in episode seven, and at the time, I was an Olympic hopeful. I didn't know uh, if I was. He didn't know, but we knew. Be there, you. You guys believed, and uh, thanks for that. Um, but so I do alpine skiing. I do uh, slalom. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> I saw uh, my Facebook came up with like the did you know that slalom is when and I was like, I did know that. Yes. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. <laughs> oh, man. So how was your experience in South Korea? How was slalom? The slalom was kind of tough for me. Um, I ended up having to hike back up the hill it's it's called a downhill ski race so you don't want to go back up but i missed a gate and uh you're allowed once if you fall or you don't go around the gate uh in the right direction you can go back around you can correct your mistake and then you can get to the finish line and you can go up and take your your next run okay so you had to you had to re-hike up that hill yep that, which was, uh, I guess, right before that, I had I skied some of the the best I I skied. Like I was eighth place from one time to to the next time. They tell you your time as you go down the course, so you know um, who's faster than the next one. And um, right after that, I fell. So, uh oh, no. So I wanted to ask you, I don't know if we talked about this on the first episode that you were on, but in one of my classes, I was talking to some of the some of the new hires in my class, and I was talking to them about being in the zone, because I recently had a, a moment when I was in the gym, I was playing basketball, and as a basketball player, when you get in the zone, it just feels like the hoop is, is the size of the ocean, and I can literally throw up any garbage that I want, because I know it's going to go in. Hmm. And they were kind of talking to me about what in the zone 
felt like for like a motorsport. So when you're in the mm. Olympics and when you're participating, what does the zone feel like when you're skiing? Like the zone feels like when you're skiing, it's uh, like what you said. The hoop is so big that you can't miss. Right. The feeling in skiing is where you anticipate what's going to happen before it happens, and okay. you're like, and you're exactly just like in the moment. Um, not thinking about what result you might get. Um, and you're facing the fear of like, uh, of failure and just like going. So you're skiing down the hill and you're sitting there like, Oh, they, these, these hoes try to put this flag here thinking they gonna mess me up. Uh, I'm a skirt on that one. (laughs) You just going down the hill. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. And in slalom. Yeah. Like every gate, uh, it's, you it's a chance that you might ski out of the course so you got to be in that zone and yeah how did the south koreans do because i didn't know south Ooh. korea even had snow i actually don't know much about south korea other All than right. taekwondo well actually um in south korea they're about 60 to 70 percent snowboarders oh really and uh they love to they get like the carving board and they make these big surfy turns down the groomed runs over there. Um, there's not a lot of snow over there like we get in Utah, so um, you can't like ski between the trees. They're all just like on these fenced runs, and it's all uh, it all it's all man-made snow. Oh, so they faking? <laughs> it's cold enough to make Fugazi snow. Fugazi but... South, South Korea, God damn it, those fakers. God, can't stand South Korea. All right. Well, we're going to talk to Mark a little bit in a second. Let's talk to Key One. See, you guys already know I'm your sensei, Vio Sensei, 24th Dread Kage of the Music Clan, 10th Tribe of Wakanda. But one thing you need to know about a sensei is every sensei has a senpai. Essentially, a senpai is a is an elder classman, somebody that you see in the same in the same industry as you. They're, they're a student of the game just like you, but you a sophomore, they're a senior. And I'm proud to say that Key One is my senpai. I wouldn't be doing any of this music stuff without Key One. How are you doing, bro? I'm excellent, man. You made a studio in your mama's basement. How did she <laughs> like that? Um, She dealt with it. <laughs> <laughs> I shout remember. Out, no, big shout out to my mom for dealing with all of us. Like, And when I say all of us, I mean all of us like we had like 10 dudes down there at sometimes and she put up with it and uh and she still supports me to this day and i love my mother for that and we'll get to that a little bit later because we're gonna we're gonna talk about our all the importance of the women in our lives right that big we, ups we, to the women yeah, women's we, international we, we'll, day we'll just came up a little bit later but yeah the origin, the origination. I was a hooper. I wasn't even trying to make music, but everybody around me when I came back to Utah from Colorado, shout out to the Blow, shout out to Pueblo three zero three seven one nine, hold it down. But I wasn't even trying to make music, and then I came back to Utah and I saw all my friends and I saw Key One and and all the other people and what they were doing, and I was like, let me give this a try. That was terrible. But wait, 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 wait. You say that, but then we need to go back to like 
Bro, you remember because like Spy Hop, I took my first class there when I was 15 and did audio apprenticeship after that. Shout out to Spy Hop, where I, I currently remember. work now and teach youth how to do audio production and everything. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. But I'm a former student of that place too. But I don't know if you remember, like we recorded oh, songs way back then. When y'all, so if I was if I was 15, 16, you were 14, 15, and then like Xy and Nick were like. 13 12 or 14 ish years old so like we had tried it and everything back then so it's been in us and we've been wanting to do this stuff but like going on that professional level or like thinking about doing this is like i'm gonna earn money in, at this and like make it a career that was another level of of trying to pursue this i guess for us and, and that, that was the level that at that point in time i wasn't even thinking about i remember so if anybody doesn't know key one was one of the originators of a lot of what we hear now. But most importantly, when we talk about hip hop, we were part of a group that did a lot for the scene, especially in Utah, called Illmanic. Not taking too much credit or anything. Not you taking, know, we, but we got to call it Ace and Ace and a spade a spade. Before we did our thing. We before our Illmanic, thing. there was there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of uh, taste to music. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to disparage or disrespect anybody who was doing it before us, but. I remember listening to music and being like, I'm not hearing the things that I'm hearing on the radio from the local scene. And I feel like Illmanic was one of the first groups to actually provide that, oh, Utah has a legitimate sound that can translate outside of our our borders. That was our valley. That was our mountains. But even in that, even in believing that we were dope, I still was, I wasn't trying to do any sort of I wasn't trying to be a star. You remember. Mike remembers. None I of was us. the person that was like, let me just write music and let me just sit in the background and not do anything. Nobody wanted to step up and take that that slot to like be that person at first. I mean, we all wanted to do music, but I think it was like so reliant upon the group aspect of it at the time that that's why the music was so good. It was low-key like a Wu-Tang thing, but nobody would have done that solo you know what I mean? I absolutely like, agree. It wouldn't have happened just by themselves. We all needed to be together and doing that at that time for it to be what it was. Had to. There's no way that I would have dove into being an artist if I didn't have the support of the people that I grew up with. Because the first time I hopped on the mic, I had no confidence, no no ability, no... I had cool words, and that's all I basically had. But my delivery, my confidence wasn't there. And it really did take the support of the people that I was around and of, of my friends and of my family, people that I grew up with even before we even thought about doing music that helped me develop and, and get that confidence. That's what's real about all of this though. Is like how far we really go back me and V anyway, like the, the music aspect of this is like all the way back to being kids singing in choir and church and everything. Right. Shout out to Miss Peggy who gave us like our first experience of performing in front of like big groups of people and making us comfortable being on stage, holding microphones and doing all of this stuff. If it wasn't for her, like none of this would be going on right now. That's real. That's really real. It's crazy <laughs> that you, you, you mentioned earlier that you were a student of Spy Hop and now that time, the... The cycle of time has now changed to now you're a teacher and you're a professor at Spy Hop. 
And I think Sad that professor. Oh yeah, Dr. P1 in the building. <laughs> it's funny so we're just switching over to this new system right now where the kids are about to have ID cards and everything when they scan in. Official. And I like we were doing test ones and I had one printed for me and mine says Professor Johnson. <laughs> I love it. I'm about to make my class to start calling me Dr. Sensei after this next class. So I'm I'm well ahead of you. But yeah, it's just interesting that you talk about us being in choir and how we developed because now I recently was watching my daughter in choir practice, just like how we were in choir practice, when Miss Peggy would get on us for leaning back on our chairs, and y'all gonna fall down if you keep leaning back like that. But from that, we got such a dope foundation, and from that foundation has come so many things. Yes. So what I want you to do is I want to queue up, and we're gonna give them a little taste into the future on what those many talents and abilities have have equal to and what you've been able to do with those so i want you to cue up the first song that we're listening to and then once we take our musical break we're going to come back and we're going to dive more into what's going on now what has happened and even what might happen because this is the sensei said so show and that's all we know how to do is just talk and just have these opinions so what song are we about to listen to right now so this first one we got coming up is new one just recently came out it's from uh artist jazzy olivo the name is uh, the name of the song is parati um, original music was all done in my uh, our studio, The Key. Um, shout out to Courtney Smith, who I co-produced co the song with. Um, yeah, it's some great music. We're just switching up the vibes a little bit here. Nice and smooth, so hope y'all enjoy it.
And that was Pot of Tea. Yes. A song that you had all types of involvement in, all types of hidden sound jutsus. Let us know. What are your credentials on that song? Um, recorded, mixed, uh, co-produced with Courtney Smith. Um, uh, little bit of vocal producing, mastered it. Yeah. You love sneaking little background vocals or love it. I do. Doing all the little things to make a song great <laughs> without the credit. You the that you is, the real heroes. Not all heroes wear capes. That is one of my low key favorite things about doing all this and working with singers and everything is the little nuances that help their solo voices stand out and come together. So you just mentioned working with singers. Yes. And that's interesting that you bring that up because we were talking a little bit because, of course, we talk all the time. We talk off wax, on wax. It doesn't matter. Yes, indeed. And we were talking about your hiatus from hip hop. <laughs> and that actually was exactly the kind of conversation that I needed to have today. So I'm glad that we have you on the show because I am looking for a little bit of wisdom from my senpai. But let me ask you first, what was going on with the, the hiatus from hip hop? What was your mind state with that? So it let let's just clarify it wasn't like a thought out decision that I was going to like take a step away from hip hop and like not work on hip hop records because it's not entirely true like I do make I do make beats still and everything and like um I haven't really been working on my own solo stuff or working on records for me but um shout out to Vinci Lewis he is working on some Vinci stuff Vinci Lewis that's my boy um he he has been getting some production out of me um we we do have like Shanghai come through the studio we have had you come through the studio over the last couple of years so it's not like we haven't like crossed paths with projects or like gone out of our way to to work on some stuff but for the most part the focus has definitely been on other genres of music. Um, over the last uh, two, three years, I've recorded everything from rock bands to soul stuff to now working on 80s projects to some reggae music to um, some jazz type stuff to pop R&B records. And I worked on my first film score. Uh, it was a short film. Um, it was three songs that we did. And it was nice. a cool experience and uh, getting to see that I could do it for the first time and just kind of open my mind to uh, to new opportunities that I have within this music industry that I work in. So. so you said it wasn't planned out. So how did the intermission from hip hop come about and what was the reason behind it? Um, I think the shift in the focus was uh, Mr. Joshi Soul. Uh, kind of buying into that and uh for one being a part of the band uh singing backup vocals for him so being out, out there actually doing shows and everything but also being involved in the studio and being heavily involved in the creation of these records and um helping him with vocal production helping him with a little bit of writing here and there and um being somebody that i i feel like he um, trust and and really utilizes well in the studio and uh, enjoys working with because that's the other part of being a good producer is being somebody that people enjoy being around and being that calm presence that can ease all their tensions and and feelings and everything they're bringing into the studio and they got to just create art they need to be who they are as a musician and my job is to capture that but so, how do you do that because that is a big aspect that I don't think a lot of producers or engineers think about is making the artist comfortable to make the best product they can. How do how have you found in your experiences that you've been able to do that? 
Um, shout out to my mother. Uh, she raised a good son. Uh, she did a good Being job. Being a good person helps. <laughs> Being a good person definitely Some helps. Some of you engineers or producers out there might not be good people. <laughs> that might that might not be. Yeah, that, that's probably got a little something to do with it. But definitely uh, uh, big ups to my mom for raising me to be the great person that I am. But uh, she was also an entertainer too. She loved having parties and, and hosting things. You know, like you, you've been to parties over the years as kids and like, it was an annual thing, man. Like we always did it big over at the house. And like, I think th- seeing things like that and like, it it wasn't necessarily a service industry that she was teaching me, but it was definitely behaviors that I, uh, observed over the years of entertaining guests and like making people comfortable and like being a welcoming presence when people come into your zone right. and, and your place that that you operate in um making that a, a cool place for them to be in is it all starts with how you uh welcome them and and exude comfort i guess that's a that's a huge one and as an artist when i was first starting out that was my biggest thing that i had to overcome was i felt like i had talent and ability somewhere it was just having the confidence to pull it out and having the right producer having the right team around you having the right engineer behind you when you're recording that gives you that positive reinforcement giving you that real correction because nobody just wants to be gassed up any true artist wants somebody to be honest with them absolutely you want someone to tell you if your song's not good so you can change it if it is good tell me it's funny that, and I appreciate like the credit that you give me for that too. But I mean, honestly, you guys get as much credit in that situation too because those were my early years of like engineering and producing records before I even like truly entire. I guess I like understood what I was doing, but entirely understood like right. what was going on with everything we were doing. You guys were like practice and test subjects for me if we really want to look at it as that. So. The fact that you guys were willing to trust me and work with me and allow me to sharpen my skills on the early stuff that we were doing to the point that we're all at now and being the the sharpened and uh, honed professionals seeking to do the things that we're doing in these different fields that we're at now, it all started with the practice and everything then when uh, we all got together and wanted to start making music. So We've shouted out your mom a couple of times, so she's going to love this episode. <laughs> she, she but gets shout a lot out to her for willing episode. to... <laughs> to just renovate the basement of your house to make a studio for a bunch of not well-behaved <laughs> individuals to come in and tear your house apart. Because that's not happening at my house. No, no, no. Even if Amaya has all the, the natural ability in the world, you're going to be an artist of one. <laughs> so you better... We're going to have Bunch Mark of boys her, too. Exactly. We're going to have Mark <laughs> teach her guitar so that you can play very quietly in the basement by yourself (laughs) and become a star that way. So yes, my mother gets a lot of credit for all of this being successful. And uh, yeah, just the fact that it's still going on now, she allowed a conduit for it to continue. So that's awesome. And I'm glad we got you on because we're definitely going to talk about this later on because I mean, maybe we're going to, uh, I feel connected to the, my clan that is the Sensei Said So Show and everybody who supports the music clan. But I'm, I've am i been in a dilemma as an artist. Maybe you can call it like a writer's block or whatever the case may be. And talking about it and us talking and just thinking about it, I, I do feel re-inspired to try something new. So we'll definitely see where that goes. 
Mark, what about you? Because I know last time we had you on, we talked most. I mean, we talked a little bit about the music. Where are you? What's what's your plan music wise? Um, well, I gotta say, um, first of all, though, I gotta give a shout out to my mom. And hey, my dad shout out everybody. It was like, International. I love that you did that, Women's man. Day. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like they they came over and and watched me in Korea and were like so proud um, That's awesome, to be a man. part of that. And I had every opportunity because of them to yeah. to 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 get to where I'm at. So um, yeah, I just got to give them a big shout out and thank them for also letting me play uh, guitar in my room when I was 15. <laughs> I just go close the door, turn up my amp, and rock out. So um, you know, it's because of them that I have the the ability to like focus on my talents and skills like i did so um yeah shout out to them <laughs> awesome and, awesome um but to answer your question um musically yeah let's hear it what do you got going on music wise i am um sort of in in limbo right now um i know the i feeling. have some songs i have a song i would like to record uh absolutely uh it's got a good message to it something that's important to me um you know i went through a time of uh depression in my life and like um this song like captured that feeling for me to allow me to just kind of face it and 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 move past so it's something i want to share with people right um and i'm i haven't quite decided how i want to go about doing that See, because that's what I feel like I'm missing is just like I need something that I I can listen back to and remember where I was at and what I was feeling. Or if I'm currently feeling it, I can listen back to it and be like, okay, this makes me feel better or feel worse. I don't care. I just want to feel something. That's like, why, Like a core inspiration. Exactly. And that's what I feel like not only I've been missing, but I feel like maybe the genre of hip hop has also been missing mm. with the turn of mm. the popularity. I I've always talked about hip hop has two schools it has the talent show and it has the popularity contest. And historically there's good, there's been a healthy balance of both. You've always had the popularity contest, the artists that may not be the most talented, but because they have a draw to them an aesthetic to them, whatever the case may be, they're going to be successful. And that's important. But we also had the balance of having the talent show where the artists that were trying to push the artistry and the culture and the music forward also had a platform and were also equally as successful. So you could look at hip hop and look at the two schools and say, okay, I can look at this side and just have fun and be cool. And, you know, when we're turning up and we're getting ready for the weekends, when we're ready to to do whatever the the bear hunting, bear assassination competition, then, yeah, I might want to turn up a little bit. But it's like when I'm thinking about inspiration and wanting to go somewhere or be inspired, we want that other aspect. And that's what I feel like is missing. So when you're wanting to grow, that's that's all it is. Basically, you're wanting to grow. Right. Like, and that's what hmm. uh, to an extent, like that's what the things that we consume, whether that be music, whether that be reading, whether that be movies, we watch TV shows. It's the media we consume uh, to an extent should help us grow. Right or we should be actively trying to pursue things to help us grow anyway um obviously there are times when you want to just let loose and like 
watch something mindless or like listen to something. It's like I just want to turn up and like shake my head and everything. Shake my dread. Shout out to my one got locked up. I love it. (laughs) But there are times too that you do need to educate yourself and, and grow. Not saying that you need to listen to the nerdiest music out there, but something that is giving you something back that you're not just consuming nothing. You're consuming something that you can grow from. That's big because it does feel like for a while I've been the the diet that I've been consuming is just nothing. It'd be like if all you ate every day was laced potato chips. Like it's cool sometimes, but at the end of the day, you do want some meat and vegetables and fruit or whatever the case may be. Some of you weirdos eat eggs and stuff like that. So (laughs) (laughs) insert whatever food group you want there. But you're absolutely right that that does that does absolutely encapsulate what I'm feeling is just wanting more, wanting to be fed. Mm-hmm. I remember when I made Sunday Sessions Monday Confessions, it was based on listening to, to Pimp a Butterfly. And I was just absolutely blown away by the level of creativity and depth and how everything was connected and interwoven. And it just literally drove me crazy that I needed to do something like that. The inner mm-hmm. artist in me was now inspired to chase another artist's inspiration. And the relevance of the subjects that he was addressing in the music and everything and how, like, it addressed your life. Like, it wasn't just random things that were being talked about. Gucci that, gang, like, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Exactly. It sounds cool. It <laughs> sounds cool. But it's like, in reality, everybody that's singing that, be- that song, it's like, where's your Gucci belt, bro? Like, you're out here singing Gucci Gang. Where's your Gucci wallet? Where's your Gucci whatever? Like, where's your Gucci shoes? What are you singing this song for? It's not relevant to your life. Like, you have no way that this is, like, actually relevant to you. But Kendrick Lamar talking about the fact of, like, mass incarcerations of uh, African or just people of color in general in America and how that's breaking up families. Or him talking about... I don't know, whatever. Like, he touches on so many right. issues that are relevant to our lives as young people of color, millennials. Every day. Every day I walk into a room, I can feel topics that he's talked about in his music. We gonna be all right. That song goes so hard. Right. To the fact that they're chanting it when we're, <laughs> when we're walking in the streets talking about something political because it means something. That's mm-hmm. what music has always been. It's, it's always mm-hmm. been the voice of the people. And if the music that's coming out now is the voice of the people then it kind of makes sense with everything that's going on. So let's take a break. Let's get re-inspired with some music that's going to sustain us. This What we're about to listen to next is not no Doritos. It's not the food that your girl who can't cook makes you, where she's taking ramen <laughs> and thinking that if she puts a little red hot in it, then it's a five-course meal. <laughs> we are about to actually get fed with some good music. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit higher level than what's going on in the world outside of music. Yeah. 
follow me That's why I'm on That's why I'm on my knees Lost Souls by Say Lu. Did you have the same hidden sound jutsu that you used for the last song for this song? A little bit more. A um, little bit more jutsu, huh? Let us know. <laughs> um, this one, I, I think I was involved a little bit more musically, but shout out to her brothers. Um, uh, they definitely helped with uh, instrumentation and everything um, with the track. They came in with uh, the song and everything written so we just kind of uh handled production aspects of it so taking it from more from less of this live thing to a produced record um but definitely keeping more of that that feel she didn't want it to be a straight up reggae song either wanted to have this like soul crossover type of feel so josh came in laid some keys down um but yeah it uh came together really nicely i I like that song a lot it's a great record you want to listen back again, music's in the, dis- in the description on the senseisaidso.com website. So make sure you are tuning in. Really quick, I want to ask you because I know you mentioned how it was recorded a little bit. And I know that for artists, we have a preference on each artist has a different preference on how they like their studio sessions to go. But as an engineer, do you prefer someone to come in with everything ready to go and you guys just got to get to work or come in empty vessel? And you build from there. What do you prefer? That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know if there's a, a preference between those two options. Because um, either one would allow me uh, some range of creativity. And, and that's what I'm all about. The only stipulation I think I'd have is that the music is good. And uh, from the jump, there would be some type of like session where they come in, meet with us vibe like we get a a sense of like what direction they're trying to go in with the record and we can uh kind of catch the feeling of what we have to capture and at the same time we're feeling out if this is going to be a cool situation like can we even work together are you going to be somebody that we can vibe with 
like, are you going to have a comfortable time in the studio? Am I going to have a comfortable time in the studio with you? Just feeling all those things out because it's as much like we spend too much time in this for it to not be a personality thing. Um, when we're talking about working together. So if we don't vibe together, the music's going to suck and it's going to be whack. So that's like the first thing. We have to be able to vibe together and we have to be able to get along and, and create some Absolutely. shit. Producers, artists, anytime you're doing any level of creativity, a lot of egos get thrown <laughs> around. Mm-hmm. A lot of personalities. You start revealing true characters of people. Definitely. So you definitely want to take that time and do your due diligence because if you watch and you wait... Time will reveal everyone's true self. Absolutely. And the last thing you want to do is be knee deep into a project or into an endeavor. And then someone's true colors come out and you're like, whoa, Nelly, I was not expecting this person. (laughs) This is not who I had six months ago. But now you flipped and flopped on me. And now who are you? And you're like 80% done with the project. And it's like, man, this 20% seems like an unsurmountable feat. (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes that makes it harder it makes it harder when you that have so you're so close to your goal you're so close to where you want to be but i just don't mess with you i just can't rock with you as a human being i can't even get a double cheeseburger with you let alone make a product with you. speaking of somebody that i wouldn't get a double cheeseburger with a lot's been going on in the nation and one thing that I know about you, key one, is that you're very plugged into what's going on outside of your immediate circle. A lot of people only focus on the here and now and what they're going through. But you're somebody throughout our whole time of knowing each other has been very plugged into what's going on media wise, but also what's been going on in politics and what's going on in the nation. I mean, I, you say that, but then like I've got like students that I'm teaching that are like super politically active. So really, to me, oh for sure, like I'm not politically active by any stretch, in my opinion. Like I, I pay attention to things and like try to stay informed and keep relevant. In I guess to the extent of my abilities, but I've got some students that are like inspiring. If far if as far as like staying involved and like being aware of what's going on, yeah. These young people are like, it, it's it's really inspiring for like what's going to come for the next generation because there are some kids that are definitely aware and, and want to change the way our country, the direction our country is headed. Hopefully they can lead us into a better situation than what we found ourselves in and what we've been through. Because sure, we remember Obama. And like we mentioned in our last episode of the Sensei Said So show, we have some kids in this world who have only seen two presidents. They've only seen the really, really dope one and the really, really orange one. (laughs) But we did have a really, really bushy one. Yes, we had a really, really bushy one. So you brought up an interesting (laughs) question. I'm actually going to kick it to Mark first and say, I mean, you remember Bush, right? And all the bushy things that Bush got us into. Yes, I do. (laughs) So a little bit of revisionist history. If you had to do a versus of Bush versus Trump, where do you stand? What do you what are your feelings on that? Mm. Makes you nostalgic, right? Like, <laughs> like, like it's crazy. Like we're in this place. That's like, <clears throat> like, why can't we just have a president that occasionally misquotes, uh, misquotes famous quotes, <laughs> handle situations slightly poorly? Not a Twitter finger orange. <laughs> I want to stop there because I'm about to get real inflammatory. But Mark, you know, like I, um. You know, I told you on the last episode, we talked about uh, what I would do if I were president. 
But uh, like that was shortly after Trump was elected and like being part of the ski racing community and like being around international people, like a lot of our team kind of felt like embarrassed almost to like represent that. Yeah, we like, talked about it when it just happened. So how is how has your experience grown or changed since we last talked about how the world sees us with our current regime? Yeah, can I kind of ask a question? We lost like, a lot of brownie points. Yeah, I I feel like our image as a nation just around the world is just in the shitter, like yeah. right now. But we're I think, in, a, in the worst place we've ever been as far as like how the rest of the world views us as Americans. What was it like being true. at the Olympics? Because it's the bringing um, together of all these countries. Well, I'm a nice person, so <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they saw it. past the American and saw who you were as a human being. <laughs> yeah, that's for the most part. Everyone can do that, but Hell yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, the only um, this is interesting. The only people who I couldn't uh, connect with there were um, North Korean athletes, and that's because they had a, a chaperone with them whose job was basically to like cut off social interactions quickly and just so like sort of no friendships could be formed that's nuts really yeah <laughs> that's crazy so everything we hear about north korea it sounds like some of it might be maybe true <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's low-key slavery yeah <laughs> human yeah. population control something yeah there's that's super villain level stuff so let's talk to you mike Bush versus Trump. What are your feelings? Um, it's so I look at Bush now as like this lovable I- idiot that that we kind of miss. With Just this, the lovable. The, he's gotten <laughs> he's gotten so much more love since being out of the office. Like, well, because now we're like having a realization of like, dude, like. You just did this because daddy told you to do it. Like, you weren't that smart. Like, when 9-11 happened, Bush was like, oh, shit, this is some real shit that just happened. Like, what the fuck am I about to do? Like, Dick Cheney is who was pulling all these strings, if we want to be real about it. Bush was just the face of all of it. And he was just like, Talk that uh, I don't know, like, uh, some shit went down. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to think with my dick. There's lead weapons lead of mass with destruction my dick. that we got to go get. Like, We're going to find Katrina and we're going to bring her to justice. Right? <laughs> he was just this we lovable idiot. We do not negotiate idiot. with hurricanes. But it is nowhere the state that we are in with this fucking moron like <laughs> that we have right mm. now in mr trump and uh like we we're, we're talking trump. about little trump sorry with, li- with little trump we got right go- going right now and like we're talking about trump versus bush but man we had an amazing guy in between the two of these uh white men and he had so much swag to go from the amount of swag that we had in the president in obama like unprecedented amounts of just so we said it early. I mentioned it. We went from a president that when a kid died, he sang Amazing Grace during the speech, and it was tear-jerking and emotional. And then Puerto Rico happens with Lil Trump, and he's out here shooting jumpers like he's James Harden. We've come. We've fallen flat on our faces at this point. You really said it best. Bush, through the eyes of history, now just looks like a lovable idiot. Uh. He's just somebody who is just a little bit over his head. Yep, he was definitely in over his head. It's like if you got a promotion that you know you can't say no to. You can't say no to the promotion, but in your heart, you knew you weren't ready. You're sweating bullets like, how am I going to do this job? And we can all relate to that. 
I feel like somewhere in ourselves, we can all relate to that. We've all been to McDonald's and we've seen that one employee that doesn't know that if you don't want a Big Mac with pickles, you push that button instead of that button. And they're just a little bit confused. That was Bush. You can work with that. Now, Trump is a whole nother animal. Trump is the kind of person that you go there and you order French fries and he tries to tell you that McDonald's doesn't do potatoes no more. Just something outrageous. Like, I can't even... I can't even work with you as a human. I can't even sympathize with you as an individual. That's hilarious. You I do. McDonald's, we don't serve French fries anymore. We don't do burgers. What do you mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> I got I got something I just like gotta say here, and yeah. that's like being involved uh, with the show here is uh, really important to me and satisfying because um, it promotes civil discourse about political topics, and I feel like the situation we found ourselves in is because. In the world of Facebook and the internet, um, there's a huge confirmation bias. Like, you'll be scrolling through these pages and you just see things that affirm your beliefs, affirm your beliefs. Right. And it's, it's caused, um, it caused it to be so difficult to just talk about things that you don't agree on. And that is just something that I've seen multiple times on your show. Like, conversations, difficult conversations to be had, have been had. And um, so I, I just had to preach for a second. Hey, I <laughs> just love say uh, that. Yeah, that's why I love being a part of this. Awesome, and that's what's that's what's really important to us. Because if we can't talk about it, then we're no better than like some third world country that has a dictator that runs everything. That you you can't have opinions, or you're getting your tongue cut out. Like we have to be able to talk about things because that's what separates us from third uh, developing nations and things like that. It's it's important for us to keep this up and it's important for us to keep looking back at history and these things because it does allow you to take more perspective. Hopefully the perspective that we carry from, okay, Bush wasn't the best. Obama was yeah. basically the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> and Trump is the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's basically biblical at this point. Right. And we just want to keep perspective that dictators bad leaders it happens it's a part of history but usually most of the time hopefully you got society ne- will continue and you got a next generation of young people that are like active and mindful about the stuff that's going on and want to make a difference that's why it's so inspiring working at spy hop and seeing the stuff that these kids are trying to accomplish some of these kids like it's I do get some knuckleheads to come through there, but there's there's definitely bada bing perfect segue. So if you we uh, we only got a little bit more time, but I have to ask you this: so you are the leader of a new generation. You are a teacher. You are teaching these kids. So say these kids rise up and they say, you know what? In the year 2028, Key One is who I'm voting for president. Oh, because you're qualified. No. Um, <laughs> Get out of here. No. Can you I'm... say you're fired? Then you're qualified. <laughs> oh, okay. I, based off of the new standards that have been set for becoming a president. Okay. Yes. Then that's yes. exactly right. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely qualified <laughs> to be a president. Yeah. So we um... have a segment on the Sensei Said So show called If You Were President. I've sent some people to Mongolia. Mark has allowed the science community to destroy the population. <laughs> <laughs> Long con. So, key one, we're going to continue this. If you were president, what would be one thing that you would enact? Man, one thing? Or if you want to do more things? 
I, I got some ideas, man. Run like, it up. If you were president, <laughs> what are we doing? How are you changing the world? One policy at a time. So let's start with some criminal justice reform slash some uh, mass prison uh, sentence communals um, slash uh, educating these guys versus punishing them because they're an untapped workforce. Um, Elaborate on that. So I was recently uh, hired to do uh, some extra acting um, for this uh, project for Defy Ventures, which is a nonprofit that goes into prisons and uh, educates prisoners that want to uh, learn these abilities and everything to be entrepreneurs. And they set them up with uh, visits with CEOs, uh, all types of uh, venture capitalists and like mentors and stuff while they're in prison. But they're wow. also a bridge for them outside of prison and set them up with jobs, um, creating careers for them so they don't end up um, back in prison and back in the habits that they'd known. Um, Caught up and, in the system. And they have a ridiculous stat. So like prison res- re- uh, recidivism rates are what, 72, 75% or something like that. Um, Defy's uh, rec- recidivism rate is 5%. 5%. Like 5% of the people that go through their program end up back in prison. That's that's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> I, I got a question for you then. Like if if I'm the jail corporation of America and we educate prisoners, like how are we gonna keep these uh prison cells full? And, right. How are we and, gonna and how keep are we gonna keep our prisons? How are we gonna keep my pockets full? And therein lies the problem, the fact that we have for profit prisons. That the fact that that is a thing is the real reason that criminal justice is like I one of the biggest issues on our plate right now. I love the fact that you asked that question because that is the solution to the problem. Because sure, we want to pretend like these bureaucrats and these people who make the decisions care about people. They don't. If we can come to them with the right incentive, talking about how they can make money, then that changes the, the conversation, the narrative. Mm-hmm. Maybe making it incentive-based. Like you make more, like you get a... You get a commission kicker on your your prison if you have a certain amount of a lower revisitation rate. Or if you own this prison, say you get like 1.5% equity in all of these prisoners' future ventures, like businesses that they have. You're still making money. There you go. But you're actually contributing to society because they're going out and becoming taxpaying members of society and functioning and producing businesses that actually help the rest of the community versus selling drugs, doing whatever to provide and like make a living because that's the only reason any of these people do this shit is just to be able to put food on the table and survive and have a roof over their head. So they're not homeless and struggling to feed their kids. It's one of the concepts (laughs) that I learned when I was in school for business that free market capitalism has lost, which is socially responsible businesses. Businesses that are trying to make a profit because, of course, we all got to eat, but also saying, how can we make a profit while also pushing the society forward? Mm-hmm. Whether it's stockbrokers and things like that, whether the stock market gets played on long term predictions is how you get your pay versus immediate transactions. That way, the prediction that you set forth in that in that uh, when you're selling that the portfolio has to come true for you to get paid. Mm-hmm. Same thing with prison. Okay, they come to your prison. That's fine. But what happens when they leave? Yep. Let's make your pay based on what happens when they leave. One of the things that I get where I get paid at is attrition. If people get fired, that affects my pay because we want people to stay. 
So we're going to change your metrics and base it off of what's going to help everybody. So you're succeeding, you're winning, but in your success, everybody reaches success. Your prison profit structure should be based off the amount of inmates that aren't in your prison, not the amount of inmates that are in your prison. Are you listening? (laughs) You, whoever that you is, are you listening? Mm Mm-hmm. solutions (laughs) on the sensei said so show and we talking about for-profit prisons still right like y'all still want to make money this is just a new way of thinking new way of thinking about it like let's (laughs) push i absolutely love this this is the perfect way to send off go on to a break is socially responsible prisons Oh my gosh, it's almost like we live in a first world country in 2018 with all the wealth and economics that you one could ever imagine. Oh my gosh. I gotta take a break. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back because we might have just, we're on to something. And I love it. Love it. You ask me what I want to be. I tell you, then you laugh in my face. But why you getting so offended? Why you being so protective of yourself? me why I live this life I'm honest but you turn away what did you want in my answer why'd you need to point a finger to feel right I don't know about you but I'm not here just to waste my time I'll sit here confidently eating my jackfruit and pay no man I'm not listening to you Young girls sitting with ideas that must have missed her Passionate, kind of fit and always driven Driving down the street from the mission So as my independent ladies No shame, they can call you crazy Ain't listening, why you hating? Cause I don't know about you, but I'm not here just to waste my time Sit here confidently eating my jackfruit and pay no mind. I'm not listening to you.
Yup, and that was Jackfruit. You're hearing it first on the Sensei Said So show. Yep, exclusives. Not out yet. It's coming out March 30th. Hey. Shout out to Brooklyn Cole. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram. Look up Brooklyn Cole. Um, yeah, it's a cool project. She's got some more songs coming down the pipeline, but that's going to be the first single. Um, good feeling stuff. Uh, happy little like track to preview springtime and getting into summer. So. I rock with it. I love what you guys going. I love what you guys got going on there with the instrumentation. Her voice is like the purest of water to my ears. (laughs) So that's awesome to hear. She'd be glad to hear it. Awesome. We'll make sure she listens to the show so she can get her compliment. I sent her the link already because I had to ask her permission to preview it today. So solid. Thank you, Brooke, for giving me the permission because I wanted to promote the song. So. And we appreciate it. And when it comes out, you already know, we'll make sure that we have the plug on it. So you can click the links and we'll keep pushing good music and good feelings forward. Since we're speaking future and we're speaking about what's going on, what's coming up, we'll stay there. Mike, what do you got coming up? Um, so I've stuff been working on for like the last year and a half, two years, uh, James the Eighth, his project, his EP is going to be coming out pretty soon. Don't have a release date set for that, but be on the lookout for him. Uh, follow him, James the Eighth, James V I I I. Um, there and there are actually eight of them. Um, he's he's the eighth one. Trippy, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that one I'm excited about. Uh, but then there's uh, Mr. David Moon. Uh, some of you might know him as Joshy Soul. Uh, if you follow him on Instagram already, make sure you are following the Who Is David Moon account. It's not a doppelganger. It's not somebody trying to impersonate this guy. Yes, it is Josh, but it is his account as well. This is a new project that we're doing. It's all 80s stuff. I know everybody's like big on Stranger Things and the nostalgia uh, that that TV show has given us of that era and everything. We're kind of running off of that vibe, and it's just... It's good music. Uh, the shows we've played, everybody's been loving it, and uh, we've got really good reception for everything that we've put out so far, and uh, I'm excited to keep the ball rolling on that. We've got the music video for Up in the Air that's coming out. Working. That's the single that's coming out first. Um, we'll be playing a little preview of that here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. Follow who is David Moon on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, all that. Um, and where can yeah. they find you? Um, you can find me at Key1Illmanic. Uh, K-E-Y-I-L-L-M-A-N-I-C Illman I-C um, I tend not to post that much so if you're trying to like uh, see where we're performing next or anything follow Josh's account that's who I play with for the most part um, uh, occasionally I'll post something if I'm DJing and everything I'm trying to get better about my social media but it's not my strong suit it takes a team effort to pull all of this stuff off I know where my strong suits lie so the music sounding good is what I re- or is what I'm relied on for so I'm gonna keep doing that and keep pushing on that not worry about this social media stuff too much <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work the social media facade anyways and it and don't ain't seem real <laughs> You sound like me right now. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if there's any situation where I can just focus on the content I'm creating and then let a group or a team of individuals, I and when we have our staff meetings and stuff like that, one of the things that I make sure to preach is I know for a fact 100% that I am not LeBron James. I am not out here trying to do everything, pass, shoot, rebound, and defend. I am a specialist. I am Kyle Korver. I am here hmm. to catch the ball, shoot the ball. Give me the beat. I make good song. That, <laughs> that is what I do. 
So <laughs> I, I feel that wholeheartedly. So catch Key One. If you want to hear more from Key One, tune into the Sensei Said So show because I'm big on speaking things into fruition. If you doubt me, ask Mark. That's the truth. is going to be on this show more and more. Well, shout out to you guys, too, for playing some of my stuff that I've rapped on and everything. I appreciate the love. It it means a lot to to know that people have uh, heard my stuff outside of, like, just my SoundCloud community and friends and everything. So I appreciate the love there. Absolutely. And the more you give us, the more we're going to play, especially when our long overdue collaboration happens oh yeah vinci lewis's project that's about to come out uh what's it paintbrush gang something i gotta look up the name i'm, I'm tripping gang, but, but look up vinci lewis his new project's about to come out itunes spotify all that um that one's gonna be some heat that one's hip-hop rap so for all you hip-hop heads that listen to this show that one's gonna be hitting hard my man can spit don't sleep on him creative too oh yeah creative very always been very all right, Mark, I know you just came back from old Canada. What do you got hey. going on next? Where are we going? Mongolia? <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to uh, Sun Valley, Idaho. For, uh... <laughs> Almost like Mongolia. <laughs> America's <laughs> Mongolia, that is America's Idaho. Mongolia. Oh, man, well, Sorry, at least it's sunny in Sun Valley. It's nice there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, oh, there's national champs up there. Um, and then after that, I uh, will be going to the pro tour on the East Coast in Sunday River, Maine, which is way out there. You said Sunday River, Maine? Sunday River. That's the name of it. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Sounds like <laughs> the name of a town where like a horror movie might happen. Like Sunday River. There's a serial the Sunday killer. River Massacre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the river will be paint- painted in blood. Exactly. <laughs> like a witch hunt or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, and then I, I I will have the opportunity to visit the White House at hey. the end of April. Get so, it. Yeah. All right. So if you guys have any questions that Mark will probably not be able to ask our commander in chief, please send them in because I want him <laughs> to ask everything because <laughs> we're going to have Mark on after. We're going to also train him in, never mind, we're not going to talk about what we're going to train him in. But just know we got the interest of the nation and its people at heart. So we're going to shake hands with the president and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how orange he really was. And make sure hmm. you wash your hands because I'm sure he's kind of like a Cheeto. If you touch him, you'll get a bunch of orange <laughs> residue on your fingers. And if you lick it off, you'll probably get cancer. But- will, you say, will you say thank you, little Trump, when you shake his hand? <laughs> and not Mr. President. <laughs> For the culture, you have to call him. We, we, we not do it in exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we we don't want you to not come back from that trip. <laughs> you know, uh, a wise man once told me that Trump is a petty Trump. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's not the best idea true indeed but when has the best ideas ever amount going to space probably isn't the best idea but look how far we've come <laughs> sliding down a hill full of <laughs> cold liquid that is now solidified on two little pieces of wood probably is not the best idea but because somebody did it we now have the olympics so I'm not telling you to do anything or not to do anything. Just know that a lot of good things have come from not the best idea. You could start a revolution. 
Right. So let's. You have a song to preview too. You you came with gifts today. Up in the air, Mr. David Moon. Um, gifts. Let's let's get into it. I guess are we are we ending things off now? Is this is this it? Like, are we coming back after this or? Okay, all right, we'll, we'll get to chatting in. All right, so yeah, this is Up in the Air. <laughs> little preview for Mr. David Moon. Um, look out for that coming out soon. The music video is dope. Loving it. Exclusives on the Sensei Sensei For one, shout out to everybody that's been a part of the project. Uh, Josh, for one, he keeps writing songs. He won't stop writing songs, and we need to finish this project. But, you know, you can't stop creativity when it's there. Um, Shout out to Jackson Garrick for the guitar work on that one. Norbert Bueno for his help with production and everything. Um, Next time you come on, let's bring Norbert. I want to talk to him as well. Norbert would be a really good person to have on this because that guy works on a lot. If you think I do a lot, Norbert works on a lot because... He is a full-time musician. I have a full-time job, and I do music. He's a full-time musician, so when I'm not at the studio, he's usually there working on stuff, and he's the one that's there during the day hanging out with my dog because I have to drop him off there at the studio because it's closer to work than my house is. So, <laughs> just you sound like a you sound like a pet dad. I'm definitely full full-fledged dog dad. I love it. I got lucky. He's a good studio dog. He's quiet in there. Uh, we'll sit on the couch. He was on one yesterday, though. But you know, they have their days. They're animals. <laughs> <laughs> They're unpeople. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, you guys. It's been a pleasure to be on here today. Of course, of course. It was long overdue. We. Gl- I'm so happy we finally got you on the show. Open invitation to come on at any time. We can chop it up about every and anything, especially when basketball comes around. We didn't talk about sports. We, we haven't talked about TV. At all. We, we haven't talked about all the different... You you really are a man of a thousand different <laughs> expertise. We didn't Real get to shout out man. women the way I wanted to. That was like one of the things I really wanted to talk about today. But shout out to all the women in our lives. Like We gave my, our moms a lot of props today, but really shout out to all the women in our lives that take care of the things and they're the reasons that we're here. I mean... See, despite all the things you might have heard on the show before or what you think about us, we got a heart. We got good people. You know, I'm like the Grinch today. My heart grew two times bigger than whatever happened. And that only happens on the Sensei Said So show. I am your Sensei. I had Key One with me. I had Mark back finally from out from in, in South Korea. Basically, North Korea, Middle Korea, whichever Korea, holding it down. Thank you for joining us again. Thanks so much for having me. I feel super uh, grateful to be on the show. 
and you already a part of the show so you already know you don't guys you got to get on i mean you were working you were out there doing what you got to do but definitely 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 we're going to be talking to mark more we're going to be talking to key one more we're going to talk to brandon more shadow gonna be doing his thing you already know it's the sensei said so show i am your sensei vio sensei 24th dread kage of the music clan that means i am the official black mamba of the 10th tribe of wakanda so tune in keep supporting and we'll see you on the other side of episode 25 yeah listen to this episode in the ride please don't